In a world with so many movies to choose from, one hero will rise. The Movie Wire Podcast with host Justin Henson. Tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. Attention. The MILF and Me Podcast contains strong language and open conversations about sexuality, a multitude of lifestyles, and occasional criticism of political fuckery. Keep politics out of your pants, folks. Your hosts Antonio and Diana are not certified relationship therapists. We are cynical assholes with microphones, pretty much like every other podcast. And so with that out of the way, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Milf and Me podcast. I'm your host, Antonio, here with my lovely host, Diana. Welcome back. Thank you. Hello. 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 What a great episode we had last week. I love him. And I love Mikey. Did we like screw up and actually do something like poignant and meaningful when we just try and be cynical fucks all the time? <laughs> I feel like that one had a lot of meaning. I mean, I just I can't believe even now, 2023, there's still a thing. There's still an issue with that community, with the LGBTQ. Like, it's so disheartening to me that it's still not fully accepted by people. I mean, the part I think that gave me the most, I don't want to say anxiety, the part that just kind of made like my stomach churn when he was talking about it is the fact that there are so many men in what seem like committed relationships with women and with children that lived this lie so long that they don't know how to come out and yeah. speak their own truth. Yeah. And this is the part that like I've been thinking about all week. Is that their fault or is that the culture of this state's fault? A little bit of everything. And also it is right. I'm also going to have to go in and throw in the fact that it's partially his wife's fault too. not be not because he's attracted to men. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm saying. I believe that you get to take some accountability as a woman if your husband can't come to you with that stuff. If he can't come to you with information about what he's attracted to, maybe some dudes are attracted to you wearing a certain costume and prancing around the house. Right. That's great. But what if your man is into men? What if he's attracted to men? You get to accept that information and absorb that information exactly the same as if it was you in an outfit prancing around the house. Like it's information. It's it, it, he's attracted to that. Right. And I'm not trying to get controversial here. And before we go off onto too big of a tangent of last week's episode, before we jump into this week's topic, I do have a question because we talked about how when we were all in high school together and then, you know, people that went to college, we kind of recognized you as a woman mm -hmm. and, and me as a straight dude. Mm -hmm. We kind of all recognized who we thought might be gay who might be in a different lifestyle yeah and most of the time we were right uh -huh. so here's my question when we talk about these men and these women they get married so young in this state do you think that it is just naivete and ignorance of the girls part of not recognizing what most people obviously would see as a sign that he is not a straight man when most of the time of the people that we know they're right 
Or is it someone who thinks that they are so fucking awesome that they can change him? <laughs> well, I can see that going both ways for sure. Um, the changing thing. Women love that shit. I can fix you. I can change you, you know. As if it's something that needs to be something changed. Something that needs to be changed and something that needs to be fixed. Um, no, I wouldn't look at it as an ignorance type thing of not, I guess, maybe ignoring it if you thought that they were. I think for me, it's hard for me sometimes to, to recognize if someone is gay or not. I mean, my my 18 year old teases me all the time. He's like, oh, my God, mom. Yes, mom. Of course, he's gay. Oh, my God. And I'm like, well, I don't know. And he's like, I'm like, I don't have a gaydar. Isn't that a thing like the gaydar gaydar. thing? And it just makes me laugh because I'm like, shit. I don't, <laughs> I don't know shit about fuck. <laughs> it's almost um, as if you should like have your son accompany you to like all these first dates just for like the first five minutes. Yeah. And you can like sniff him like a drug hound yeah. at the airport. Like, nah, mom, this one's gay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I don't think a lot of women would recognize that if her, if her man was gay or bisexual even, you know, I do believe very strongly that if you are unapproachable, uh-huh. then that's an inside thing. Like you need to get better at being centered and being completely open so that he feels comfortable to come with you. And you know what? I feel so bad that we're talking about uh, he coming out to her. Like, what if she was a lesbian? You don't hear a lot of that now, you do know? you? Like, what I if mean, she's you see a le- it on TV, like yeah. in Friends, you know, what happened to Ross, but... It's like, what if she's a lesbian, and she, but she's still attracted to him and their marriage and their life? It's like, I don't hear that either, but just the same goes for him too. You. Your partnership, whichever the role is, if you are the husband, the wife, the the dude, the dude, the girl, the girl, whatever it is, you should always make sure that you create a space where you can come to each other with anything, any information, all the things, including what we're about to talk about today. Right. So like if I came up to you, let's say you were my partner and I said, you know what, tomorrow night... I think it would be fun if we went into the fridge and found every phallic-shaped vegetable we could find and you stick them in my ass. <laughs> what would you say oh. to that? Um, First of all, is that gay? <laughs> or is that just I a don't kink? Think so. I don't think that's gay. I mean, for one, I would be like so happy that he <laughs> felt comfortable to say that, you know, because that's hard. That's right. hard. That's a hard thing to go to somebody about, even if it was your partner, but your partner's supposed to be your best friend. Mm -hmm. So if that happened, I'd be like, okay, you're going to have to show me the ways or teach me, (laughs) you know, because I'm not going to act like I'm a professional all of a sudden. Like, oh yeah, this is going to be great. Let's go. I'm going to be like, okay, well, let's, let's make sure that I'm doing it correctly. Like I'm going to then put it back on you. To, Safety first. To teach me. <laughs> Safety first. Put on your helmet. <laughs> and so that's what we're kind of talking about today is kinks. And this is one of the things that I think is really interesting because I, I feel a lot of people who have not, let's say, allowed themselves to be open to alternative lifestyles or even just lifestyles other than like the small little conservative groups that they've lived in all their lives. I think it's very easy to confuse a kink with an actual sexual orientation. Yes. What's the difference in that, I guess? I mean, I don't know. Well, that's what we're here to talk about. All right. (laughs) So first of all, I have to make a declaration. And we talk Mm -hmm. about this a little bit in the little, you know, recorded thing that I do before the show Mm -hmm. that we do not practice nor endorse kink shaming or slut shaming or any kind of shaming in any way. 
as long as it's consensual between people of age, you do you. That being said, let's talk about this shit. So the definition of a kink, it's a figurative sense of odd notion, mental twist, whim, first recorded in American English in 1803 in the writings of Thomas Jefferson, who, if anyone knows their history, was a kinky bastard himself. That's probably why he wrote that definition in the dictionary. Specifically, they say that it is a sexual perversion, fetish, or paraphilia. And in 1973, that was documented as being a sexually abnormal person. Now, a lot's changed in the lingo and the writing and how we even look at words and their meanings now. But that's just kind of like the Webster's Dictionary approach to what a kink is. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. Kinks are old. They're not something that's been invented anytime new. The earliest sources of describing kinky sexual practices is the Kama Sutra. Uh And I think the Kama Sutra is one of the words that most people recognize. Yes. A book of sexual positions and erotic display that was written in the 6th century AD. And it's old as fuck. Yeah. And the earliest documentation of bondage, which we've already talked about, being bound and submissive and dominant, has been recorded as early as the 10th century in Japan. So this isn't anything new. I mean, a lot of this shit was written before the Bible was even written. Yeah, we are just poorly educated. We're poorly educated and highly <laughs> opinionated. And I think that's a problem yes. with a lot of the and shaming in this Utah. Country. I mean, Jesus, give us a break, right? We're in Utah. But what we've discovered in this podcast is that yeah. Utah's kinky as fuck. I mean, it is. We've when you already start digging, yeah, you ed- you're, we're educating ourselves. Je- I mean, I've learned so much just by doing this with you. It's really mind blowing. And we've only really talked about the swingers. We haven't talked about like the poly couples. We haven't yeah. talked about like any of the sex clubs that are actually existing here in Salt Lake City. I have a feeling it's coming in the future. We've barely scratched the surface of this. <laughs> So one of the easiest things for people to do is to confuse a kink with a fetish. Mm -hmm. Without even looking at the definition, would you know what the definition or difference of a kink and a fetish is? Absolutely not. I would put those both in the same place. All right. Well, I'm going to be like Bill Nye, the science guy of kinks and fetishes today. I'm going to explain it to you. (laughs) So according to experts, a kink is something that one may or may not include in their sexual behavior as a way to enhance pleasure and subjective experience, while a fetish is something that primarily defines and is inextricably linked to one's sexual behavior. So a kink is like something that you can do for fun in the moment, or you've planned it, and it's just part of enhancing the pleasure of your sexual experience. So the produce section in the refrigerator is a kink. Uh, If I don't ask for it every day. Where a fetish is something that you can only find sexual achievements or excitement by involving it every single time. So if you see me buying bulk carrots at Costco and we're doing this every night, that's gone beyond a kink that is now a fetish. So fetish is a little bit like an addiction, a sexual addiction. A sexual addiction. Yeah. And I'm not saying that addiction is a bad thing because no, 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 here's no, the thing. But that's just kind of another way to say it, I guess. Right. Well, I mean, if you find your perfect puzzle piece who has the same fetishes of you, right. then why would you even bother for looking for someone else? Like, oh my God, 
this person likes carrots in their ass too. <laughs> we were made for each other. I want to see that romantic comedy. I want to see that movie. Yeah. Netflix, you're making everything under the fucking sun these days. Let's make the carrot in the ass movie. <laughs> this would be a good novel too. You never know. Oh my God. Carrot <laughs> erotica. <laughs> yeah. You can put it on Amazon right next to the crocodile love and <laughs> pounded in the butt by President Trump. <laughs> carrot top just got a whole new meaning. <laughs> Uh, that, it's carrot bottom, Diana. <laughs> Are you a carrot top or a carrot bottom? Damn it, where's Mikey? <laughs> so sex therapist Aliyah Moore, PhD, says that you can differentiate between the two things using this simple quiz. You ready to take a quiz? I'm so ready. Am I aroused by a thing or an action? Do I need it to be present to be aroused? And can I enjoy solo sex without it being present? So depending on how you answer those three questions, you can pretty much determine whether or not this little flavor that you like is a kink or a fetish. Okay, but what if some of those are yes and what if some of those are no? That's the thing. is like they It's the combination of yeses and nos. I see. Let's say if the nos outweigh the yeses or the yeses outweigh the nos. Mm -hmm. But I mean, in my opinion, by the time you get to question two, you've already answered your question, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do I need it to be present to be aroused? Mm -hmm. So without getting too personal. Oh, boy. I mean, are there any things that you maybe have just thought of like having a kink or a fetish for in your sexual lifestyle? Um, Yeah, <laughs> I would probably put mine. The one I'm thinking of, I would probably classify it as a kink mm -hmm. for sure. I like the idea of having this is going to sound really funny because I don't even have an OnlyFans page. This is so ridiculous. But I have a, I have, um, it turns me on when I feel like there's people in the room with cameras. Interesting. Like videoing or right. taking photos. And I feel like I'm like on a set. Like for some reason, I don't know why, it just, it turns me on, which is really interesting coming from somebody that doesn't watch porn. I don't even watch porn. Or, I mean, or even practices this on a regular basis. Exactly. Like I've seen it. You know, I've obviously seen porn and I've had maybe one or two videos made with someone I've been with. Right. You know, we're in a very serious relationship. Then maybe he took a video or something. Right. Of us. Um, that is super sexy. It turns me on. Also, just being by myself and recording it mm -hmm. just like on my own. Like, I love that. See, I think... That is good on you because it sounds like you're in control of that situation. It's not like yeah. some rando with a camera who all of a sudden is going to like mm -hmm. show your ass all over the internet. You know, right, right. If, if anyone's going to show the ass on the internet, it's going to be me, essentially, <laughs> is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And like, so, so for me, you know, kind of going back to the bondage thing, it's like I, I don't have to have it every time, but I do like being roughed up a little bit. We've mm -hmm. kind of already talked about this. Mm -hmm. you know? We have, we have. We, so uh, to me, that is a kink, not a fetish. Yeah. But I will be open to say that I am fascinated by kinks. Yeah, I'm fascinated all by all multitudes it. as yeah, well. And for, sure. for the most part, I'd be open to trying so many of them just to see whether or not I like it. You know, it's like when you go to 31 Flavors and you get a bunch of little spoons mm -hmm. and you get to like taste everything. All the things. I would yeah. like a little spoon of like most of these kinks that we're going to talk about today just yeah. to see. Yeah. And to have the experience. But here's what scares me. I don't have an addictive personality. I don't either. But I do have, let's say, a fetish collection of physical items. We are literally sitting in a room right now surrounded by thousands of DVDs and Blu-rays. So while I may not have 
an addictive personality, I do have a fetish of collecting things that excite me. Oh, okay. So I'm not saying that I would get onto one fetish and stick with it. Yeah. I would probably be excited to experiment with multitudes until I find one that I like. Okay. I'm the guy that used to like spend two hours at Blockbuster before I finally picked a movie because I had to read the cover yeah. and the description of everything. Is that That's more like an, an obsessive compulsive disorder. And I I've would, never I been diagnosed with OCD yeah. or ADHD, but... Oh, see, I have ADHD. Right. Like very high, high ADHD. Uh, I'm a rabbit hole guy. And I'm not talking yeah. about like conspiracy theories, but like for yeah. me, there's always going to be one thing that I'm going to like better than the thing I already like right now. It's not that way with relationships yeah. at all. It's all things that are like tangible, things that I can hold or experience. I see. I don't have that going on for me. So yeah, that's where that's like the one thing that I would say is slightly concerning to me in that aspect mm -hmm. is that I might not find the one thing that I'm looking for. My kink might be exploring new kinks. <laughs> I see. I see. So how about just the connection part of it? How long do you need to be connected with someone before you feel comfortable telling your kinks to them or having them explain their kinks to you? Like what is a good time frame in your opinion or based on previous relationships? Um, I would say when you either have that conversation or you've taken that next step in the relationship where you're exclusive and you have decided to be together, like date each other only and be in a relationship. I would say after that, things start feeling really comfortable and you feel start feeling safe. For me, it's a safety thing. Like I want mm. to feel safe with him, which makes me feel comfortable to speak to him about whatever I want. Now, here's something with me is like, for me, I honestly have never felt sex to be boring or repetitive with a partner you know yes we all have our best moves and yes we all have like our same approaches almost like when your partner can almost read exactly what you're doing because you've done it a thousand times yeah now i would say if let's say they're not feeling that same connection or maybe by some chance it doesn't feel right one day that might be in my opinion the opportunity to say okay well maybe let's try something yes. new yeah is there anything that you've ever wanted to do that you've been too afraid to ask Ooh, that's kind of one of the things that good, always helps. That's a good thing to bring up. I like that. I think it might be a red flag that if, you know, we talked about this in the BDSM episode, if you're like on your first or second date and someone's showing you their collection of whips and paddles, <laughs> yeah, that might not be like the healthiest thing if you're looking for a relationship. No, that's it, just like they just love sex and they just want to get off. That's what that right, is. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, to me, that's the point. It, it's more than like feeling comfortable. To me, for me, it would be the point of well, maybe this isn't feeling as exciting as it used to be. And who knows if there's a deeper problem yeah. than physical. It might be an emotional thing. But you know what? I think the excitement of trying something new yes. always sparks something that's a little bit fun, a little bit naughty. It doesn't have to be naughty. There's some fetishes and kinks in here that aren't even naughty at all. They're just quirky and fun. And yeah. We'll, we'll kind of get into that. I love that. What's the weirdest kink anyone's ever brought to you? And let's not name names or time frames, but is there anything that someone's <laughs> ever brought to you that you're like, oh, I mean, I'm down, but I never expected that of you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, no, not anyone that I've dated or been in a serious relationship with. I, not really. Maybe to somebody else, it would look like a fetish or a kink, but no. However, I do know, I do recall back when I was 18 years old, um, I worked for this company that was based out of Provo. I won't even say the name of that company. 
one of the vice presidents, he would come in and chat with me and he was a little bit flirty. I was 18. He was like in his 40s. It was a little bit weird. I Sometimes I would feel uncomfortable, but other times I wouldn't. It was kind of interesting. He would just openly talk about his relationship with his wife with me. And one day, I mean, I had been working there for a while. He felt comfortable enough to tell me what it was that they do and what they're into. Keep in mind, 18, 18. Provo, all my friends are Mormon. <laughs> I was like, I can't even remember if this was before I got baptized into the Mormon church or after. I can't remember. Either way, it was a huge fucking culture shock for me to get this information. Um, but he told me that it turns it turns him on when she goes to the bathroom on him. Oh. Over the top of him. And it was very shocking because I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know right. it was a thing. And I think he saw the shock in my face. Maybe I went pale white. Maybe I went red. I don't fucking know. All I know is I was like, what? Wait, hold on. What did you just say to me? Like, are you serious? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, it was so hot. And then I was like, well, is this is this something you do every... Like, I had to ask questions because, you know, I'm that person. Do you do this every time? Most of the time, yeah. So that would be a fetish, right? Yeah, that would probably be a fetish. Yeah. I wonder if there gets to a point where that's where things kind of maybe get dangerous, where it goes from playful to almost, you know, if you are a dominant figure in the relationship, the second person in the relationship feels now like, okay, it's obligation time. Yeah, I don't to know. To do this every single time. And if it's not pleasurable for them, I don't want to assume anything about their relationship, but I can yeah. see where this does get a little bit touchy. So like, this is disgusting. I'm not, I'm going to just give you my opinion. I'm not going to judge anybody right. that's doing this shit. But for me, right. and I, <laughs> before we started this episode, I was thinking, what if my partner came to me with that exact thing? Right. What is it called? Golden shower when someone, yeah. right? But what's it called when the, when, what is it called when someone takes a shit, shit on, your chest? on you? Like that is absolute. I, I think it's called fecalphilia. I think it's like, okay. I'm not sure if that is the obsession with just the the dookie itself or the process of the dookie being delivered. I don't know. And I really don't care. I don't know where I would be with, it would be very awkward for one, for me. Right. I would be happy that he felt comfortable. <laughs> to say that that's like, like that's the top of the top for me that's right. like the top top it's a kink it's a fetish it's all the things those are that's something where I would really have to be honest with myself and say I will pretty much probably do every single other thing Did you the, ask for in it? the book <laughs> except for that that one yeah that's a hard one though that I mean that to me if, in my opinion and again I'm not shaming that would be it is the, so, the most difficult for me to try and like wrap my head around. So fucking bizarre. I am very sensitive. My senses are very sensitive. Like me, you have the cleanest house on the block. Like smells bother me. Smells bother me so I'm much. not about to dry heave <laughs> in the middle of fucking. Like it's just <laughs> it's yeah, it's a different level for me. And I was really shocked at that age, mind you. Mm-hmm. And I have never heard of it since, and I'm 41 now. I've never, ever heard of anything else like it. I've never heard of it, even like outside of anything I've had with anybody. Right. I've never heard a story of it anyway. So it's like, it reminds me of that. Remember that two girls in one cup? Oh, God, yes. Two girls, like, don't. Don't like, tell me I you've can't. seen that. 
I on accident, like <laughs> accidentally, someone put it in to like, you know, they did the search and I happened to be right there. And I, I will never, it, I probably went to therapy for a few years. <laughs> I'll never be the same. But yeah, it's, it's a different level. It's difficult for me to talk to because I don't come from the, the, the world of the mindset of the people who have asked me for this. But one that I used to come across consistently, especially dating here in Utah, is girls who wanted to be choked and hit like a lot. Mm. And here's the thing. Like hit, like, like literally like, pun- like closed fist, like a slam on the head. Like you were playing whack-a-mole. Like it, it's, oh, wow. it, here's the thing. Okay. I don't know how to speak about that because there could have been trauma involved. I think a lot of people I've spoken to people who, you know, think they're therapists would automatically assume that there's some kind of physical abuse or trauma involved. Yeah. But I don't want to be the person to make that assumption. It's not my place. Mm-hmm. Where it's hard for me is just the way I was raised is you never hit a woman. Right, right. Even if you're joking, in private school, when I went to private school playing tag, if a girl would shove me or something like that, I would just like let her keep pushing me. And I'd have principals say, you can't let people push you around like that. I'm like, but I can't hit her. Yeah. And I'm saying stop and she's not stopping. Yeah. So like maybe that's like the birth of this simp mentality that I have. Yeah. Where yeah. it's like I am not going to put any physical force against this person. So what do you do if that's like your person that's I, like what they want? Those relationships never lasted. Because I tell you what, as soon as I either tried to play along or was asked to, I immediately went soft. Yeah. Like sex was over. Yeah. Now, maybe that's a trauma for me. I don't know. Maybe I haven't done enough therapy, but I just think that I do not have it in me to physically harm a female. Mm-hmm. Like it would have to be someone going after my kids yeah, to do it. Yeah. Like, I would probably let a person like even stab me before I actually put them down. That's interesting. It's, it's just something that is instilled in my head. And I've questioned myself on that many times of why. So I... I wouldn't say choking. I mean, I love my neck squeezed. That's different. I'm talking like choking until you can't breathe, uh, you lose consciousness. Yeah, no, because that's like, <laughs> I mean, if you if you grab my arm just a tiny bit too hard, right. I will be bruised the next day. Right. That's just how my body and skin and blood circulation is. So if somebody choked me, literally, you would see hand markings prints on my neck so I do like to be I like my neck squoze. yeah I do like that and I do like to be on the bottom and I like my guy on top so I you know I like to feel really um submissive submissive there's nothing wrong um but the thing that I did say and it's hard for me even to bring up because it makes me dry heave right thinking about it talking about it if it's a thing kink fetish whatever it it is if it grosses you out what do you do how do you have that conversation? What do you say? Well, I think that's the difference like, between a kink and a fetish. Because I feel you can live without a kink, but you can't live without a fetish. Like, no, thank you. Like, what do you right. what do? You do? You're like, you're really into this person. You're like, maybe you're in love and you've been together for a minute and they just haven't told you. They haven't told you yet. Fucking and they, compromise. And then they tell you. Yeah, fucking compromise. It's like, hey, you know what? It, you, submitting to your kink is absolutely the worst thing that I could possibly think of doing. Yeah. So if I have respect for you telling me that that's what you like, you should have respect for me saying that I physically cannot and will not do this. Yes. I, I and, and if it doesn't work, is what? That's not your person. That's exactly right. That's exactly what I've thought of too. Same exact dialogue, all the things. Like I respected you. You felt comfortable to come to me. Now you get to respect my boundaries 
and I'm going to you saying no. That's king and queen energy right there. Baby. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, it is. So he, here's some fun. I pulled up a kink dictionary. Ooh. I'm going to quiz you on some of these things. Now, okay. a lot of these are the Latin. <laughs> they are old words that are going to be a little bit difficult for me to pronounce, but I think I got a pretty good grasp on them. So I'm going to give you the Latin word, okay? and I'm going to see if you can guess what it means. Oh, God. It's probably not going to work well in your favor. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Okay, so the first one is agalmatophilia. A galmatophilia. Galmo. El galmatophilia. Any guesses? No. I don't even have a tiny one. It is a sexual attraction for human-like dolls and mannequins. <gasps> wow. So I don't know if that means if it's like in the room with you or if that is just like... Like you're bringing the blow-up ball the, or the blow-up right. doll to the party. Like there's right. a threesome. Your woman, the blow-up doll, and you. Right. I see. It has to be human-shaped. How about this one? It has to be human-shaped. <laughs> Thank you for putting that in there. Alto calcophilia. Alto calcophilia. Alto. God, I don't know. What is it? So this one is being sexually turned on by high heels, usually worn by women, but not always. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, I could see myself being in this one. I love high heels. And maybe it's because I'm a short guy. I do have yeah. this weird thing about women being taller than me. For real? Yeah. Which is funny because all my partners have been shorter than me. Oh which my I, gosh. I feel I didn't know more that. sexually comfortable with shorter women, but I do get excited about having taller women around me, but I've never really made a move in a taller woman. I just was like, ooh, she's tall. That's Yeah. Cool. <laughs> like you liked it. That's yeah. so interesting. I've actually been out with guys and they've made comment if they've seen two people on a date they've made comment how they would never be able to do that if she was taller than him. Like some dudes can't. I mean, but again, this is a kink. This is not necessarily something that you're looking for in a partner. <laughs> how about this one? Belonophilia. Belonophilia. Baloney. Something with baloney. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to go right to the obvious. Yeah. This one's interesting. This was a sexual arousal to sharp items such as needles, pins, and razors. What the fuck? Say that word again. Belonophilia. So that doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's Latin. We don't speak Latin. Jesus. Weird. I don't know. I, I could see maybe it's a sensory thing, right? You know, we were talking about BDSM earlier. Oh, yeah. A little pain, a little pleasure. Yeah. This one specifically with needles, pins, and razors. I mean, I don't want anyone slicing me up, but, right, right. you know, I used to go to acupuncture all the time and I was <laughs> never sexually aroused by it. Yeah. But there is something kind of exhilarating about seeing pins in your skin. I thought that was really cool. So I wonder if these people are getting turned on when they're getting tattoos. That's an excellent point. I mean, when you see these people that are covered head to toe. Right, right. right. I mean, I'm not saying, oh, my God, that's crazy. I'm just like trying to figure out how the fuck they're coming up with these names like that name doesn't go anywhere near the definition. But I could see being I mean, I know people that are addicted to getting tattoos for sure. So that might be their classification. This one, I think, is actually more common than I thought. Mechanophilia. Did you know what that was before you saw it? I didn't know what it was, but I could have guessed just based off what the definition is. And I've actually known people that m probably have this. What's the name? Mechanophilia. I don't know what that is. A sexual attraction to machines and or doing sexual acts on certain types of machines, uh, such as cars, washing machines, motorcycles, etc. 
I, I that's interesting, isn't it? Definitely know a few people that are into this. Yeah, that get off on. I can see that the idea of having sex on a washing machine or on a motorcycle. Motorcycle a lot. I think I know a lot of bikers I'm or to- weekend warriors. I'm totally blown away that these things have a name. I mean, because yeah, everything's I can got see a that. name. If every animal's got a name, every sexual fetish has to have a name. Oh, okay. Let's see. This one's interesting. Plushophilia. Plushophilia. Soft things. Having sex on soft things. Plush. A sexual attraction to stuffed animals or soft toys. In order to have sexual interaction with their toys, people modify their plushies with a hole or holes. So this is literally someone who is buying, let's say, the big teddy bear at Costco for Valentine's Day. And they put a vagina in it, and then they fuck it. What's the name of that one again? Plushophilia. Plushophilia. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. More power to you. Stay the fuck out of Build-A-Bear. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I forgot about that. That right. would be really creepy. Let's do one more. God, now I'm going to go in there with my kids and be like, what's that man doing in here by himself? This one I'm going to get a kick of because Jesus, I'm in the culinary industry, specifically in baking. This is called yeastiality. <laughs> oh, wow. If you're yeasty, you need to go see a doctor. <laughs> yeastiality. Okay. Sexual arousal to baked food which has been risen with yeast such as breads, pastries, and especially warm dough. American pie. Here people, we go. People with obsession are also attracted by partners with yeast infections or applying yeast to their genitals so they can lead to an infection. <gasps> So, okay. That is not okay. The first half of that, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. I can fuck a warm loaf of bread right now. That's not too bad. Or a freshly baked pie. I mean, there's a fucking <laughs> movie with that in there. I think that's the first time I ever heard the word MILF. That is. That's the first time I ever heard the MILF. There uh, you go. Too. Apple pie. But the second sentence, you lost me. Yeah, Yeast-y-ality. I don't like you. You're not throwing some yeast on your dick. Like, that's, <laughs> that's absolutely terrible. It's disgusting. So as we wrap up this conversation on kinks, I mean, I'm telling you, man, I don't think there's anything wrong with any of those or on that. No, whole I mean, list. whatever. As long as I said it's consensual, it's yeah. it's not forced on somebody. It's someone of age. You know, if it becomes like your whole identity, your whole life, then maybe you do need to seek some kind of therapy or help. Because how would you ever expect to really find a partner in this world that it's down for that? Yeah, like if night? you can't get off any other way, then using interesting different things and i think for sure you should definitely dig into that and look into it but honestly i'm not judging i'm not judging you do what you want you do you boo do you boo you do you boo So we had a woman on The Love Guru last week. I think that we all had interesting takes on her advice. Mm-hmm. Here we have a handsome man, because I know you love handsome men. Oh, and he's got that salt and pepper. So here we go. Why is it that there are so many separations or divorces, right? The wounded masculine leaves too early, and the wounded feminine stays too long. The wounded masculine, who isn't in harmony with himself, the moment that he feels threatened in relationship, his freedom is threatened, because he hasn't got a healthy relationship with himself and his freedom. So He's out. The wounded feminine who craves connection, I can change him. I can make it work. I can make this work. I can change myself. I'm going to just stick around. I'm going to stick around. Stays too long. The 
issue we have is that we don't know ourselves because we don't explore ourselves. And so we get into a relationship, we get into marriage, and we don't know who we are. We don't know what we truly want. And therefore, we can't hold the big energy of others. We can't prioritize their nervous systems. So what do you think about that? Yeah, um, he's not wrong. I've, I went through a situation recently that he just described 100%. A wounded man tends to flee or disconnects way before anybody else. I mean, just from my experience. Um, a wounded woman, as myself, speaking for myself, I mean, I've had trauma in past relationships. Right. And I've entered relationships with that trauma before. And I'm not fleeing. I'm not running. I'm going in deeper. I'm ignoring those red flags and I'm mm -hmm. submerging myself and trying to love and prove to this wounded man that not every woman is going to wound you. I think it's interesting because a, in my opinion and based off all these love gurus and the stuff that we talked about and listened to, the wounded masculine nine times out of 10 either doesn't know or won't admit that he is wounded mm -hmm. where the wounded feminine, that's her identity. Yeah. She wears it on her sleeve and that's not like saying that's a bad thing, but it is, I feel something that people who are in this wounded masculine or as we talked about narcissistic tendencies, yeah. they recognize and they target because they know that the wounded feminine is going to stick by them. Yes. Because let's say the unwounded feminine or the masculine feminine doesn't have time for their horseshit. Yes. Do you think they're consciously targeting those type of women? Or do you think it's just kind of like a like a habit? Like in your subconscious mind, it's just who they are attracted to. That's an excellent question. I don't have an answer for it. The simp in me will assume that they're doing it on purpose. Yeah. Because it's an easy target and they're going to get what they want and they know what they want. Or it could be like being addicted to cigarettes and you're just always reaching into the pack subconsciously before yeah. you know what the pack is gone. Yeah. Is that your fault? Are you intentionally meaning to smoke the whole pack? Most smokers I know, they just do it as a habit. It's just something that they have routinely put into their life. And it's usually when they catch themselves when they try to make that correction and like, I got to quit now yeah. or I have to change or be more aware that I'm smoking a pack a day and not even realizing it. Yeah. So I, I think it's a little bit of both, but also with track records of friends like you and friends that, you know, we don't really talk about on this podcast, mm -hmm. it's always been intentional. Mm -hmm. So that's the part where it's like, by experience, I'm going to say yes, but I also am not going to not give benefit of the doubt to people who don't know or aren't aware that they are doing this to other people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I just think in general too, that women are just more in tune, obviously with themselves, with a simp man, that's a whole different story. Right. But a masculine man is a completely, I mean, there's completely different people, simp and masculine. Yeah. The masculine man is not in tune with himself. Usually. I mean, that's just kind of the demographic that is out there. I don't it's know why weird. it's weird because I would feel like people, you know, cause I do not support the word simp and we use it. We're using it ironically <laughs> on the show. Yeah. I think those people are more in tune with themselves than these wounded masculine men's are Absolutely, for sure. Absolutely, 100%. Because they already know that they might not have what people want in them. They don't. They can't offer to women what some of these masculine men are, and so they find just a place to be in their life, Yeah. whether it is a friend-zoned situation. And I would never allow myself to be willingly friend-zoned in a situation if it wasn't a friendship that had an established route like yours and mine. Yeah. 
Like I'm not going to meet, I mean, I'm, I'm in a relationship now, but even if I wasn't, if I just met someone that immediately friend zoned me, they'd have to be pretty fucking goddamn special and show me respect as a friend, not just as someone with a car or someone with a debit card that can buy them a meal. Like there has to be yeah. more to it than that. For sure. It's hard to define myself because I, like I say, I use the word simp ironically. Based off this guy, I represent more of the wounded feminine in relationships more often than not. I am the one that stays and lasts it out and tries to fix it and tries to patch things. But there are always external factors to that. You know, this isn't just black and white. Maybe it's because like you have a kid and you know that you only have so much free time away from your kid to meet somebody. Yeah. And so you do have to bend some of your standards and some of your ideals a little bit to try and meet a person that will hopefully accept you and your lifestyle for what it is. Yeah. But I've also caught myself in the past being maybe like, I'm not going to say like Chandler from friends. Who's like a committophobe. Yeah. Yeah. I've let a lot of great people slip through my fingers because I felt I did not deserve to be in their fingers. Yeah. I've had I did that not to sure. be in their good graces. And yeah. So I've actually been the one that left Yeah, because it was just too daunting of a task to keep up with how cool they were. Yeah. I can see that. I've, I've seen myself in situations like that for sure. And it's funny that you would bring up um, how you relate to this um, love guru is that I'm now looking back and thinking, well, maybe I can relate to the wounded masculine as well. Yeah. Myself, you know, um, because I have a lot of those same tendencies. Even though I'm a woman, I have a lot of uh, masculine tendencies as far as doing a lot of things on my own and handling life by myself without a man by my side. And sometimes that comes across as... um I don't want to say abrasive or controlling, but it does. It's different than most women that would be considered a simp woman, if that makes right. sense. Well, and I, I think that's why this show works and these conversations work, because we both know that we don't have it all figured out. No, heavens and no. since we're both swimming in, in you know, the, the cesspool, different cesspools, but we've both gone through it. And we're both facing that, okay, you know, I'm now on the upper edge of senior living than I yeah. am being a teenager. Yep. It allows us to be more open and be a little bit more flexible in our beliefs and our ideas of what people oh. should be doing or what we should be doing. For sure. Because we have less options now. Yeah. So we can't walk around like these fucking boss babes and these fucking kings. We have to use all the life lessons that we've learned and use them in our decision-making of how we're going to find a partner if we ever really find a true partner. Like, yeah. I, I, to me, I found my forever person. Yep. And who knows? Nothing's 100%, but it just makes me work that much harder to keep this person yeah. my forever person. And you're still looking for that. Yeah, for sure. And our, I mean, you can have that mentality and find your person, obviously. Mm -hmm. It just might take a little bit longer, um, but nothing's set in stone. You know what I mean? Like my requirements with a man or someone that's going to be my life partner, it tends to fluctuate with wherever I am in my life in that moment, mm -hmm. you know, um, but nothing's set in stone. It's really not.
So we're going to try something a little bit different this week with the MILF-worthy. We are going to start doing challenges. MILF challenge. MILF challenge. It sounds like something off of Double Dare or a game <laughs> show, you know? Yep. <laughs> so what is the MILF challenge of the week? I would love for everybody, if you're in a relationship, this will work a little bit easier for you. If you are not in a relationship, this might be a little bit more challenging. I would like you to openly have a conversation. What is your kink if you have one? <laughs> I want you to ask your person very openly. And I want it to be serious. Like, don't make it funny. Don't right. make, don't like hide behind the humor of it. Just come out and openly say, hey, I was just thinking, we haven't talked about this before. Like, what's your kink? Maybe te maybe teach, if you've heard this episode, maybe teach them the difference between kink and fetish. There you go. And then determine if your person has a kink or a fetish and ask them what it is. And maybe you get to have that conversation on if you're going to do it. Do you think that people in general have these conversations? Um, I would hope so, but I don't think I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah, that's why I, you know, I was thinking about this long and hard actually, and I haven't brought up this conversation when I've been with someone. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, like, I, I really have never talked about this with friends other than this podcast. I'm like, dude, I met this girl last week who likes this, 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 and this, and this. Right, right. You know, and if they do, it's always like the same kind of stuff that everyone else is yeah. already doing. I've so. never had that conversation with um girlfriends or guy friends either. I ever. like this. Ask yeah. your person, hey. What's your kink? You got a kink? Yeah. And if they don't have a kink, find one. <laughs> share or share yours because obviously you probably have something. I mean, my kink, my little, I don't know if I would classify mine as a kink or a fetish. I just like the idea of being watched, I guess, you know? Um, but it doesn't have to be that way every time that I'm having sex or intimacy with somebody. It's just something that elevates you or makes you like turn makes you turned on a little bit more than just your normal everyday sex i think that it's important you need to find it out okay how about this ask you tell you tell the person that you're dating your kink mm -hmm. and then one night you walk home you open your bedroom door and there's just a collection of ring lights and cameras. Like we're just going Maybe for Maybe there's it. like a sound crew. There's a guy <laughs> holding a boom mic and it's just like I wanted to do this for you. I would laugh my ass off, first of all. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, you like really took me serious right now. Um, even though it is a serious thing. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I would go to that extent, but I'm not going to shoot it down either. <laughs> right. I'm not going to be like, fuck you. This is weird. Like, I'm not, hell no. Like, I'm open to it. Sure. You know, maybe I need to see instead of just always have the idea in my mind. Uh -huh. Maybe I need to actually have that happen in the room to see if it's really a thing. Maybe I hate it. Maybe I hate it. And then it's not a kink. You never know. So, but. yeah. And then I'd be like, well, shouldn't we be making money while we're doing this at least? <laughs> <laughs> Did you create our OnlyFans account, too, before I got home? Like, <laughs> It's like, go set up the direct deposit and then yeah. come back and we'll do this. <laughs> All right, you heard the woman. Go find your partner. Find a nice little place to sit down and say, hey, what's your kink? Yep. And Do make it. sure you have your kink ready to go when they ask <laughs> you what yours is. It can't be one-sided, right? Yeah, make sure your kink is teed up. <laughs> All ready to go. Well, Diana, thank you so much for coming back to the studio this week. Yeah. You know, everyone, we are going to be on episode 20 soon. We got a lot of great stuff coming up. More guests, more Love Guru Roulette. So yes. be sure to subscribe, rate, review, 
to our shows on all the platforms and leave us a message on the milfamipod.com. Yeah. I'll see you next week. Thanks. 